Hi everyone, it's Em and Liv, and we're your meta kicks. Today, we're going to be talking about what happens to you after you die. And it's going to be an interesting one because we have a psychic medium who talks to spirits, which she should know what happens to you when you die, right? And uh, we also have M, who was raised Catholic, so and her is views now are having, different. And now has a metaphysical business. <laughs> so that, that went real well for me. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to be talking about heaven and hell, what happens to you when you die, and what we both think, because why not? Yeah. These are the hard-hitting questions brought to you by your meta psychics. I want to go first this time. Okay, go. (laughs) (laughs) So before I get into what I believe, obviously I believe we go to an alternate dimension. But what does a dimension mean? So I'm going to explain a very convoluted theory to you. So the best way for me to explain this is with things that are in our environment. So imagine a flat piece of paper. Paper is a two-dimensional thing, and we are a three-dimensional thing. So, if there was, I don't know, a being on this two-dimensional plane, they are unaware of us because we have the ability to take a step back and be off of their plane. So, because we have the ability to take a step back, we can see everything on the piece of paper. And we have the ability to step into that piece of paper's plane. So the being on this two-dimensional plane would be able to see us if we are in the same plane of existence. However, they're not going to be able to see us in the same way that we would naturally appear because they are a two-dimensional being. So they would theoretically see in one dimension. So they would see one-dimensional form of us. So... That would relate to how we interact with the spirit world. We are three-dimensional beings, but our consciousness is a fourth-dimensional being. So this would explain kind of how people see spirits. They don't see spirits how they would see them normally. They kind of are translucent, and you only see them when they're in the same plane of existence. So that's kind of how I perceive the difference in dimensions and how i perceive us as a being is we would be the piece of paper our bodies our three-dimensional bodies would be like the piece of paper but if you take a three-dimensional object and you tape it to that piece of paper that would be us and this three-dimensional object would be our consciousness so i'm not sure if that makes sense at all the only (laughs) thing that confuses me is when you say a piece of paper like a piece of paper is actually a three-dimensional thing i think what you mean is you have to not but it is because it's in our plane of existence you'd have to say like if you put a drawing on something on it like a drawing on a piece of paper that is two-dimensional but a piece of paper itself is three-dimensional it only has two dimensions well okay so what the 16th of the third dimension on a piece of paper Yeah, I mean, well, it's still a part of us, but if you were to draw something on a piece of paper, then technically that only has length and width. So it's like there's stick figures on a piece of paper. The stick figures are the two-dimensional thing on the three-dimensional piece of paper. Yeah, so regardless, one of the things that my, I was in philosophy class, but one of the things that my philosophy teacher was telling me about was, does anyone believe in reincarnation? And some kid raised his hand and was like, Well, I believe in reincarnation because of the law of thermodynamics where energy cannot be created nor destroyed. And the philosophy teacher was like, yeah, you're correct. But it is proven that once we die, our body and consciousness essentially dissipates into the universe. And that man, the student was like, well, I have no answer for that. Well, yeah, that's the third law of dynamic. Third law of thermodynamics yes entropy entropy (laughs) okay i just need to say something really quick i was listening to a podcast and this made me so angry that i was listening to this podcast at work and these people on this podcast said this because it was wrong and it made me cranky because when you're talking about conspiracy theories of all things you need to not be wrong about these things that you're talking about okay so and i was listening to episode two about chemtrails And the woman that was obviously just reading a script that the writers made for her said that the third law of thermodynamics is basically that energy is always decreasing. That is not what it is. 
energy would only decrease if there was another energy force causing it like friction to slow down and stop no but that's the thing it energy never ever ever decreases it just gets transferred to other things exactly and that is what entropy is entropy is like if you have i think i think the idea he was saying was because you don't have separation in our one like little ball of energy you can't be existing after you die you know what i'm saying like well, that's what he thinks. Okay, but what he's what I think he's doing is he's saying that there's no separation between physical energy and spiritual energy. So if you are somebody that is a strict scientist and you're using the first law of thermodynamics, the law of thermodynamics to try and disprove that the paranormal can exist, you would say simply that all of your energy is only embodied by your physical being. So when you die and you decompose and turn back into carbon and all of the basic elements that are used to build other things, that is where your energy stops. But the people that also use the law of thermodynamics say, well, there's a separation between our physical bodies and our spiritual consciousness or just consciousness in and of itself. And that is where most scientists break the line and either believe in the paranormal or don't believe in the paranormal. Yeah. I think it's like the line between separation Exactly. Because the same thing happens. You become one with the fourth dimension, essentially. Your consciousness becomes one with the fourth dimension because it's a fourth dimensional being. Yeah. Okay. So the way Emily said this in our YouTube channel, that really made sense to me because I've never heard her talk about this stuff before (sighs) or even talked about it in general because I'm a medium, but I'm not like a super metaphysical person or like into all of those things, which is funny. But she said that the piece of paper has a drawing on it, like stick figures, and they're dancing around, whatever you want in your mind. That is two-dimensional. So in their plane of existence, on their piece of paper, they only have... Two dimensions. Yeah, length and width. They can only be in that plane of existence. Yeah, so Susie and John only have that plane of existence. So they only see length and width of the plane of existence, which is the piece of paper that they're on. But we're three-dimensional creatures. We have length, width, and depth. Yes, yeah. and because we have depth, we can take a step back and see the entire piece of paper. Correct, whereas if you were the stick figures, you can only see stick figures. But since we're on a third dimensional and we have depth, we can see that they are on a piece of paper, which is a 3D object, but they are only two-dimensional. But then what Emily said was the fourth dimension is consciousness. That is our mind and our soul and our spirit. And that is where the spirit realm is. So the fourth dimension. But, and I love the way you said this in the YouTube video, is just like the drawings are on the piece of paper, which makes them two-dimensional, we are three-dimensional creatures with a fourth dimensional consciousness. So our body is the three-dimensional surface of which our fourth dimensional consciousness exists. Yeah, that's what I was going with, the attaching your three-dimensional ball to a two-dimensional plane. Yes, and it's crazy because it's like layers. You're literally pinning yourself to a physical object, although you are a fourth dimensional being. Yes, <laughs> which blows my mind. And it's also kind of how you forget everything because you literally are putting yourself in a box that is separate from everything else, or at least that's what you think. Yes, which is crazy. I love it. And it also, again, goes into as physical beings it's hard for us to conceptualize something that isn't physically there which is again why a lot of scientists disprove par- or try to reason that the paranormal doesn't exist or metaphysical because it's not physically there just like your physics or what was it philosophy philosophy teacher, teacher he he had opinions but he was trying to like get the opinions out of us yeah well that's why it's playing you take advocate. it as a critical thinking class Yeah, he was great. Everyone hated him and, like, whatever, but he was really good at what he was doing. He just wasn't good at the teaching and tests and all that other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But essentially, going off of this idea that our consciousness is a fourth-dimensional entity and we are a third-dimensional body, this would make us a multi-dimensional being. So, for example, when you are sleeping, you have the possibility of your fourth dimensional consciousness to go into the fourth dimension, aka lucid dreaming, astral projection, that type of thing, which 
flip. Don't you do that? You lose oh, a dream. Okay. That's oh, you're going to tell your talk about yes. <laughs> in the YouTube video. I, she said this and it spurred me to think of a story to share. And I was like, I'm not going to share it unless you listen to the podcast. And then at the end of the episode, I was like, I forgot what I was going to share in the podcast. <laughs> but now we're here. And she said the same thing. And now I know what I'm going to say. Yeah. <laughs> so M said a couple weeks ago that she believes that when we dream, it's actually us in it's in the fourth dimensional realm yes which i kind of don't believe. oh my god <sighs> my brain's putting things together or my spirit guides are telling me things i can't tell okay because i'm like real excited about it now <laughs> okay well tell me let me let me tell the story and then you can get into what your spirit guides are saying or what your virgo brain is putting together <laughs> <laughs> so when she said this to me i was like i don't really believe that that is a thing. Like, I think you could do astral projection and I think you could do lucid dreaming, but I think when you're lucid dreaming, it really is just your conscious brain making up things so that you can be asleep, I guess. And that's like from a neuroscience standpoint, but then on a meta metaphysical standpoint, it just, I don't know. It kind of loses me there. I'm not going to lie. But the story that I want to share is after M said this, I want to say like a month or so ago, I was having a dream and I don't know if it's because I'm a medium or if there's, it is. I assume that there's other people out here too, but I am somebody that needs a lot of sleep because the quality of sleep oh. that I get is not very good. And the reason the quality of my sleep isn't very good is because I will have three, four, five different dreams that I remember when I wake up at least. But yeah, but yeah, also because you, when you're in your dream, you think your dream is so much longer than it is, but it's scientifically proven that it's five minutes in our world. Yeah. And that's because time exists on the fourth dimension. So when you're in the fourth dimension, time does not work the same way that it does here. That's mm, another thing. That but that's not sense. That's not what I was thinking of because okay. I told you that too. <laughs> well, we can go back to that. Write that down or remember it because you're a Virgo and you'll remember it. We can put that back in the conversation. So my thing is, a couple weeks ago after M said that, and I was like, I think that's a load of barnacles. <laughs> Lol. I actually had a dream where I was, what was I doing? I was, the dream before the part that scared me, I was trying to do something and I left and the I left the first part of the dream. And when I got to the second part of the dream, I remember I was trying to get somewhere to do something, but it didn't make sense the part of the dream that I remember that stuck out to me and was scary to get to the third part of the dream, which was had to do with the first part. So the weird intermission part that I think is interesting that I don't think had to do with anything else that was going on with my dream was the path that I was taking to get to the third part of my dream from the first part. The second middle part put me in a place that was weird. It was, I was in the street somewhere and the street was like cobblestone almost, but like dirt mostly and sandy looking stone. And there was a wall in front of me and it was a road basically. So to the left of me, if I was facing the stone wall with the path underneath my feet, there was a bridge made out of stone and it was, it was shaded underneath it. But then to the right was just more of the wall going somewhere on the street. And the street had like straw and dust and dirt on it and it was bright outside and hot and I'm looking at this wall and I see because I love elephants if I could work with elephants that would be like a dream of mine because I think they're just so great so this is the elephant dream it is the elephant dream so I see an elephant walking down the street but it's walking funny and it looks kind of like scared or not, well, not scared, but like, well, no, it looked scared. So Emma and I work with horses and I know when you herd horses and you're walking behind them, they like look behind with their big eyes to see like where you are. And you're like, come on, get on, keep going. We're going to wherever, like bringing horses in from the pasture. It had that kind of look on its face. So I recognized that, but it was look, it was walking funny. And then I saw that there was a man behind the elephant walking and he was pushing something that looked like a snowblower almost. <laughs> Like a snowblower, was, but like was facing sideways. And it was really weird. And then I looked further into the situation and I saw that the elephant's back left foot was like shredded. And this guy was walking behind it with this snowblower thing. Like he was the one that was hurting it. And I was like, oh my God. And it freaked me out because as a, a medium and somebody that doesn't like watching 
like haunted scary movies or movies with violence because I I'm just very affected by it. I'm I don't like watching gruesome things like that. Usually when I have dreams and scary things are happening, nothing gruesome happens because I try very hard to not watch things that are gruesome ever, whether it's fictional or real. And for me to have a dream where an elephant's foot was literally being like sheared off by this presumably man that had okay this thing. I think they're telling me something. Scared me so much. And then I remember being really upset and wanting to help this elephant. And then all of a sudden I was like gone and I was on to the, sec- the third part of the dream. But this part of the dream had nothing to do with it. And it felt so real. Like I could smell where I was and it just, it still haunts me. I- I've never had a dream like that before. And I feel like if I was astro projecting or anything, it could have been at that time. Okay, but I think the elephant is you or a part of your trauma, and it's something that you need to deal with in order to get through it. Like it's holding you back, and that's why it's your leg too. In my life now or a previous life? Now. Like something's holding you back. Maybe. <sighs> yeah. Interesting. But that's what they're showing me. It's holding you back, so it's like hurting your legs so you can't move past it until you're ready to deal with it well I would rather it be that than me actually astro projecting to somewhere because things like that do happen well okay so what I was getting from them was it can't always be that we're going to the fourth dimension because we essentially experience things that are happening in our life so if you're thinking about I don't know popcorn you're gonna dream about popcorn type thing and they're like oh it's manifestation when you're in the fourth dimension, you get things and you experience things because you literally manifest them into existence. And that's what you're doing in your dreams. But you don't know you're doing it because you're in your physical form and you're cut off from that. So you're essentially manifesting during your awakeness time. And then when you sleep, you manifest that in the fourth dimension. So a lot of times you have dreams of things that you need. So that's why you're having those dreams. Because you're manifesting the things that you need. Interesting. Because I did have a dream last night. And it was, I was in the hotel room with my friends from high school. Oh, yeah. And there was these guys outside of the hotel room. And I was constantly trying to protect them. That's what it's like to be a medium. It's a hero aspect. (laughs) (laughs) Being a medium is a hard thing to do because you literally experience other people's trauma constantly. But it's rewarding because you're able to help people because of that it's a hero aspect so heroes like superheroes they have to go through all of these like trauma of defeating these like dark people and like dealing with the fear of those people coming after them and all of this stuff but they do it so that other people don't have to they bear it so that other people don't have to and that's what i think of your mediumship <laughs> <laughs> well that's very nice that's Thanks. very nice what were we talking about the dream that I had last night yeah. and it was, I was in the hotel room with my friends from high school Oh yeah, and there was these guys outside of the hotel room mm-hmm. and <laughs> my whole dream before I woke up and I had more dreams before that and after it. But the main part that I'm remembering is that I just was fighting this dream the whole time. And it was scary for me because the hotel room was old and usually things that are old have things attached to them. So when I go places and I know things that are old, I kind of like, mentally steal myself for whatever could be attached to the place so in the dream it was stressful because I was like we're in an old hotel so if there's ghosts there I have to deal with that and that's scary and then I also knew that there was people outside of the hotel room that were trying to cause problems and I just was trying to mediate the situation at the whole time yeah sounds about right (laughs) so that makes sense that I'm trying to use my dreams to work through my trauma you're manifesting what you need in your dreams to work through it and be able to deal with it in the waking life. Yeah, it's mm. kind of like how I'm going through this company and it, the only way that I can better myself is to be okay with myself. So Yeah, same thing. <laughs> I manifested a company where I have to be in front of people doing this and accepting what they say to me. And when you're Emily. When you're a Leo. <laughs> Emily's version of introvert. She doesn't want to be in front of people and when she does, she can't be herself, so... I'm a Leo rising. But we're going to do this. And you all are going to join us. And it's going to be a great journey. And we're all going to, you know, learn from it and help each other. And it's going to be beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we were talking about the we're fourth about, dimension. Oh, I yeah. think we should talk about how time doesn't exist in the fourth dimension. Because that makes a lot of sense with dreams. Well, yeah. So because 
Okay, so the fourth dimension is where our consciousness is. This would be the spirit realm. I call it spirit, yeah. (laughs) Live essentially, no, you call it heaven. You put this blanket term over anything that has crossed over as heaven. Well, that's just because for me, living in America where everything is very christian catholic and every derivation of that it's how i can communicate to people what i mean because it's relatable to them but that's not even what heaven is heaven is the good place well i mean it is a good place technically but i think bad things go there the same thing that i told you like where do dark things go then because obviously they gotta go somewhere and that's in the spirit realm well dark things okay so there's the spirit realm slash heaven but for dark things um how do i say it's like it's in the same plane of existence but it's in its own like zip code does that make sense um so the way that i picture i think she's talking about alternate dimensions and the way i view alternate dimensions is like a rainbow (laughs) so rainbows stack themselves based on the frequency of each color so the Red color has the lowest frequency, and it stacks itself on the bottom, whereas blue and purple have higher frequencies, so they are at the top. You are fucking blowing my mind right yeah. now. <laughs> Sorry, they're, like, feeding me information. My spirit guides are like, here's a memory, here's a memory, here's a memory, here's all these things that are connecting to what Olivia is saying. But that's exactly what's happening, because all of the lower dimensional entities are on the bottom tier because they vibrate at a lower frequency. And that just keeps going up. So if you raise your frequency, you then can go up the rainbow. And we're interesting because we have auras. So we have a whole bunch of frequencies coming off of each other. And I saw this TikTok that blew my mind where this girl was talking about the difference, how dark and light balance themselves. So darkness, blackness can absorb all of the colors and white reflects all of the colors so that's how they balance each other and how this works in like the spirit realm and with our chakras is when you align all of your chakras it essentially becomes white light because that's what a rainbow is it's where all the colors come together in a balanced form and you see white light that's also why your crown chakra is i.e colorless or white light yeah so that's (laughs) why you can raise your frequency because you have a whole bunch of frequencies that you can align to raise yourself in different dimensions. Mm, makes sense. Well, then that goes back to how the spirit world. Uh, okay, I would say that the spirit world itself is a rainbow, and depending on what type of entity you are, a human or like earthly spirit goes to one portion of the rainbow, and everything else goes to different portions of the rainbow. But collectively, it makes what I call spirit. But I I'm think we're on the rainbow now in the third dimension. We're just on a lower frequency. Yeah, because we're in the physical frequency of it, not the conscious. There's no separation between. (laughs) But we are a conscious thing put on a three-dimensional plane. So I understand that we are on the rainbow, but if if spirit is the rainbow and our conscious is the rainbow and we are on a third-dimensional plane known as our physical body, then technically we are still there in separation is an illusion but our separation technically is our physical realm that is the separation it grounds us here to a certain extent at least for most of the population moving down the rainbow i feel like allows you to or it helps you align your chakras so that you can raise your vibration and not remembering things helps you do that because you're not doing it out of a certain i don't know mindset Yeah, so what I'm thinking of is when you do good things, you do them to get something out of it. But if you don't have any memories of certain things, you're just going to do them because that's the way that your life goes. Yeah. So I'm thinking if you go to a lower dimension and start understanding the dimension below you, you'll be able to raise your consciousness higher. Yeah because of your understanding of the lower dimensions. It's literally like your chakras. If you understand your root chakra, you can raise your consciousness to the next chakras, but you need to understand the root chakra in order to move past it. Yeah, but if you had pre-existing notions of what you thought your root chakra was, then you would not be able to 
make new ideas focusing on the wrong thing yeah yeah i get it yeah i'm all about it i'm (laughs) jiggy with it (laughs) so heaven (laughs) emily doesn't okay and i agree with her heaven is too big of blanket term in the way that you use it it's just because i'm trying to be relatable to the people that we're talking to i don't think it's relatable (laughs) well that's because you have a virgo brain that works like a computer and sucks up information from every angle as a, a Catholic, they tell you there's uh, essentially three places you can go. You could go to heaven, you could go to hell, or you can get stuck in purgatory. And that's what's beyond the physical realm. So you saying all of these three things are heaven, right? Because you don't believe in a hell. Correct. It's not the same thing because the definition of heaven is the good place where the good people go. And that's where God is. Yeah, but when I'm talking to people, I'm not going to tell them that they don't go to heaven because that's all they know is heaven or hell. And I'm not going to be like, actually, there is no heaven or hell. It's all just one big space, and that's where your family member is. You become one with God. That's what happens. <laughs> well, you become one with source, which we didn't talk about. So what I believe happens is you die And then you go to your spirit guides in kind of like a purgatory type. Olivia calls it what? Summer camp. And it's like a classroom. You're with the people that help you cross over. And essentially what you're doing through this process is you're going through your life. You get your memories back of your past lives and like the fourth dimension and all that. And you basically go through what you did at your life this lifetime in Earth. And you decide what karma has been taken care of, what karma has not been taken care of, and where you're going to go from here. Are you going to reincarnate or are you going to chill in the spirit realm for a while? Yeah. So then once you do that, then you go to the spirit realm or what I think it is, is source. Olivia calls it spirit. And what that is, it's essentially, it's like our creator. So one of the things that I was taught in Catholic school is that we are made in the image and likeness of God, and God is all around us. And that would make sense if we were actually a part of God in the sense of we are like a cell that is creating of God. So that's where I believe we go is source or the creator or God. It is the divine oneness. So we essentially bring our energy to source. Can you talk about how you thought that when you were little, you wanted to know, well, if God is so great and good and wonderful, why is it that bad things have to people? Because I want to talk about that. Yeah. So when I was little, I was like all about Catholicism for a while. And then I started having doubts because people weren't like giving me reasons for things. So like I said, with the like oneness and all of that, It was on top of that, but it's kind of like people go into why do bad things happen to good people? And if God is like this almighty, all good entity, why are these things happening to good people? And that's kind of like where people stop believing in God because they don't understand why that would happen. But if we are a part of God, like a literal cell of God, God's not necessarily controlling us. He gives us free will and that allows us to make decisions. So before we come into the universe or into the third dimension, we make this plan for ourselves so that we will be able to understand the world better. I don't remember the rest of what I said. Well, I want to branch off on that because from a science standpoint, when you say that, I can relate it to like the human body or just a body in general. Yeah. Where God would be like your consciousness of your body or your brain, if you want to yeah. put it into a physical term. And even though you're in your body and you are a part of your body, you can't control what happens to it. So say you get cancer in a exactly. separate portion of your body. It's not controlled by your brain, even though your brain technically controls your entire body cells are a part of your body and you can't control what the cells do because the cells are influenced by external things and you could say aligning that to us they have their own free will so things can happen to them that are out of the control of the brain so like how emily said it's exactly like when i was in college or when i was in high school i had a teacher that was like 
well, this could be a theory, but what if we are a part of God's dream? So he obviously, as God, doesn't have control over his dream. It's just something that happens. It's something he manifests if you want to be a spiritual or whatever. Yeah, but again, I just, I think it's important for people to understand. I, again, I'm not a very religious person and I grew up Catholic. I just, just because I I'm not religious doesn't mean that I don't believe in God. I do believe that there is a God and a higher spiritual being that is spiritually and energy more powerful than anything. Yeah. Yeah. But just because things happen in your life doesn't mean that that being is not there for you. It's just that that is what. I don't know what that happens when people decide that that's not real. I think it's more like they don't understand what they've been taught of this God is great and good and would never like push them or whatever but like bad things are going to happen to you not because god decided it it's because you decided it yeah with soul contracts or whatever it is to raise your spiritual or just consciousness in general that's a hard pill to swallow yes it is so we're not saying that we don't believe in god we definitely believe that there is a god and Also, your disclaimer, we are not invalidating your religion. We believe that your religion is valid. For sure. Just to let you know. Every religion. Pastafarians, go for it. (laughs) Emily doesn't know what Pastafarians is. No. They worship the flying spaghetti monster. That's awesome. (laughs) I love it. I love everything about it. Uh, Unless there's bad things about it. I like the idea of it. (laughs) Yeah, I believe religion is a interpretation of the same thing every religion is just that yes that's why they're all valid Mm -hmm. so we are not i don't know what the word is we're not negatively talking about christianity because it is valid your religion is valid or any religion we're just talking about aspects of it which is the whole idea we're just talking what we believe yeah based on our teachings of our experiences and whatnot and our own critical thinking, or if you don't like what we do, philosophy. You might think, yeah, philosophy of it. <laughs> oh, I love philosophy class. He was the same teacher for my world's religion class, mm. and it's it's very different when you go to a world's religion class in a a Catholic school versus a a philosophy teacher teaching it. Because the philosophy teacher is like, people believe in religion because it makes them comfortable. Is that real or is it not real? And when you go to a Catholic school, they're like, we believe this, and this is the reason why we don't believe in what they believe. Drew and Jonathan Scott here to tell you that American Family Insurance wants to protect your dreams. So whether you're at home singing in the shower, every note, or prefer singing your heart out in the car like Drew, cruising, you can save up to 23% when you bundle your home and auto insurance with American Family Insurance. Get a quote or find an agent at amfam.com. Insure carefully, dream fearlessly. Visit mfam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Mm. I had world religions with Dr. Hall. Isn't, you can't add that. I'm not going to say anything. I can't say her name? Not if I say things about her. Oh, you don't like her? I heard that she was, like, hard. No, she was literally the easiest teacher. teacher. No, I had world religions with Dr. Hall. I don't know. I heard weird things about her. Ugh. That she was hard. No, she's so literally. She Maybe they were just her class was the only class that I loved during my senior year of college that I had to take because it was literally a break from reality. I could go into her class for I don't know, like thirty minutes, forty five minutes, however long the class was. And one, it was in College Hall, so Mrs. Morley was there. Loved being in College Hall because she was there, and I also liked going there because it was just story time. I would come from chemistry, which literally was the bane of my existence and still is, and then sit down for 45 minutes for her to talk about stories. And it was just her talking about different religions. Weird. And people were like, I don't want to go to this class. It's dumb. And the only assignments we ever had, I think we had to write four papers. And Mm -hmm. she's like, you can pick any topic you want to write on as long as it's a religion or some sort of belief for some section of people or whatever. And it has to be, I think it was like two pages. And the only thing that was hard about it was citations because she didn't use scientific citations, which is what I was used for. She used the other type of citations. So that was the only thing that bothered me. Mm-hmm. And that's it. I What did I write about? The first thing I wrote about was African religions. And I talked about 
one of their trickster gods, basically. And it was how they believed that people were made out of clay and descended from the sky and just all of this super cool stuff. And it was awesome. And then the second thing I talked about was Halloween, I think. And it was how, what was his name? Now I can't remember. (laughs) Jack-o'-lanterns came from this guy who was in a pub in England or Ireland, depending on where you're from. And he was drinking and he had a really large tab with the saloon owner. And what happened was the devil came in and was like, "Uh, hey, I want to, you know, trick you. And the guy was like, you can't trick me. Oh, no, no. He wanted his soul or something. Mm. And what happened was the guy's like, "Okay, I'll give you my soul as long as you let me drink in this saloon for the rest of my life for free. And you take my tab. And the devil was like, sure, great. That's fine. So the guy sold his soul to the devil so that he could drink in the saloon for the rest of his life. But then when he died, what he did is he ended up tricking the devil. Something about a penny in a tree, maybe. I don't know. Long story short, he tricked the devil to the point where the devil couldn't have his soul anymore. Jack, the guy in the saloon, he cursed him to walk the world for the rest of his life. And the only thing that he had with him was a gourd with a lamp, a light in it so that he could see where he was going. So on Halloween, they say Jack O'Lantern or Jack of the Lantern wanders around because that's the day that the devil was like, nope, uh, you're not going to give me your soul and you tricked me so I can't have it. I'm banishing you to walk the world for the rest of your life. It's a great pumpkin. And here's this gourd with a, a candle in it. Is that what that story is? No, it's the history of the Jack O'Lantern. I know, but there's a Charlie Brown, the great pumpkin. <laughs> I don't think I've ever watched that. And if I did, no, I know what you're talking about, but I don't think I watched it, so I can't talk about it. I was too young. Mm. But anyways, back to world religions. And then then the (laughs) last thing that I talked about was I literally wrote a paper on Will-o'-the-Wisps, which is a crossover, Scottish, Irish, Welsh crossover of fairies or fae. (laughs) There's a religion for that? Well, it's just a belief. Oh, okay. You could talk about folklore, too, because folklore are scary. Folklore is heavily rooted in religions, so that's why she let me talk about it. It was literally the most fun class ever. I loved it. It was story time, and then I got to talk and research things that we basically do for this podcast, and she was about it. (laughs) So anybody that talked bad about Dr. Hall, and you know who we are, and you know who we're talking about, shame on you. She may be sassy and a little bit callous on the edges, but she is hilarious. I also thought she was a science teacher. Maybe not. No, she's an English teacher. She's the his- the dean of the history department. I don't know. <laughs> I never had her. I just heard that she was a hard teacher. Oh, she's great. If you walk into her room, her office literally looks like something in a like a room in a medieval castle. Floor to ceiling books. I'm she not has surprised. dragons everywhere and her aesthetic is yours. Her desks are all old, deep stained wood and glass. Mm. Yeah, I love her. She's great. I don't remember what we were talking about before this. I just knew that I was on our tangent about history class oh you're talking about what they teach you in catholic school versus normal schools for world religion class yeah that was it no are we gonna talk about what you believe now yeah so we're gonna talk about what i believe based on the people that i have talked to or talked to with my mother so when you die in my let's go back to in my mind if you have been following along, if not, watch or listen to our first episode for Paranormal Stories of a Medium because I talk about the door in my mind or maybe spirit guides too. You can watch and listen to those ones too. But in my mind as a mental medium, I have a door and when I see things, it's what I call with my mind's eye. So in my head movies, (laughs) I think that's funny. My blue man dude spirit guide stands in front of the door and then when I open the door, My mind's eye is a dark room, but behind the door is white. And I assume that that is heaven or what I call spirit. So that is where all souls from earth that I talk to go and reside. And when they want to talk to me, they cross through that door and I'm able to get information from them or into my energy field. So when you die, oh, I talked about in the YouTube video how When we first started this business, I was really, really nervous to talk to my dad about, because he was all excited about us starting a business. So he's like, I'm going to watch all your episodes and I'm going to listen to all your content. And I was like, oh, that makes me nervous because I had never talked with my dad about my medium stuff since I first became a medium. And he's 
gave me the impression when I was younger that he was very opposed to it or didn't believe in it. So I, with my gifts, I don't like to push upon what I do to people that don't believe because if you don't believe, it's not, I'm not here to be like a crusader of you need to believe in what I do because that's just what it is. If you don't believe in it, that's fine. It's not going to hurt my feelings and I'm not going to badger you to believe in it. So I was very nervous that when my dad saw that Em and I were doing uh, or making a business on metaphysical things, it wasn't just talking about it, but actually is based around the fact that I'm a medium and I want to help people. Yeah, embrace it and help people and give readings and talk to spirits. So I sat down with him and finally got the courage to talk to him about that. And he was very understanding and very, um, I mean. Curious I, about what happens to you when you die. Yeah, curious is a good term. So I want to say two weeks after I told him this and we started our business, he came into the kitchen one night while I was making dinner with like, like his toe in the sand and his hand behind his back all like <laughs> coy and quiet like a little kid. And he's like, so uh, since you're a medium and stuff, I just wanted to know like, and I don't want to like offend you or if you don't know, that's fine too. But uh, does heaven exist? <laughs> and I was like. You're so cute. Stop it. Of course heaven exists. (laughs) So then I started talking to him about how I know heaven exists or spirit in general, the place where people go when they die. And I want to say one of the most influential readings that I was able to understand is my mother was talking to somebody who wanted to talk to their mother and the reading was really, really good. And when this woman was alive, She was a mom, a full-time mom, a housewife. So she was taking care of her kids, taking care of her husband, the house, the finances, everything that goes around with being a mom and a wife. And personally, this woman, while she was alive, wanted to travel the world and be able to experience new things and see different aspects of everything. But she didn't get to do that in her physical life because she had the free will and chose to be a mom, which is fine. And she doesn't regret that at all. That is something else that she wanted to talk about in her reading was she doesn't regret the fact that instead of doing what she wanted to do, she did what she also wanted to do, which was taking care of her family and raising her kids. So her daughter asked this, and she said, well, I just wanted to make sure that my mom's okay. Like, thank you for all the information that you gave me. It was really great, but I just want to know if she was able, if she regrets not being able to do what she did. And this woman told my mom, no, I don't regret not being able to do what I quote unquote wanted to do while I was alive because now that I'm dead, I do everything that I want to do. She was showing my mom how she travels to Egypt and she watches the bazaars and the trading and the bartering and she goes all over the world and gets to see and do everything that she wanted that she couldn't do during this life and it's great. And when people die, we lose the physical attributes of touch, taste, smell, hearing, everything like that. And as spirits, we are able to hear, see, know, and feel everything because we no longer are bound by the physical world. So how Emily says there's the third dimension and then the fourth dimension and the third dimension is where we reside. I think it's interesting that she says that because when you see spirits, even if you're not a medium, because obviously normal people see spirits, it's the fact that those spirits are placing themselves within our dimensional frame so that we can see them. And when spirits show me information, especially with this woman that was traveling the world now that she was in spirit, she shows it from a plane of existence where she's there but not there and is also looking at things as if she was from a top or aerial view. Yeah, or step back. Exactly. So the way we view stick figures on a piece of paper is the same way that spirits view us because now they have that fourth dimensional plane of existence and understanding. Yes. So they understand all of the emotions of the world because they have become one with the third dimension. Exactly. We are an object in their fourth dimension, essentially. Yes. So just like Emily said, as stick figures on a piece of paper, we understand and know everything about that piece of paper. We hear, see, feel, and know those stick figures that's my chinchilla. I don't know if you can hear that. Chinchillas make weird noises. She was <laughs> in the last episode, too. Someone made a real exuberant squeak that we missed. She may or may not stop. <laughs> <laughs> Just feeling sassy. So anyways, uh, the same way we know, see, feel, and hear those stick figures on that piece of paper, that is how spirits perceive us, which I think is crazy. I love yeah. that you said that. It makes it so streamlined and easy to it's understand. Because I'm a Virgo and I'm... 
They really get it. They're into it. <laughs> it's because I'm a Virgo and I am good at communication. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Makes me happy. So if you're wondering, does heaven exist or at least a place where spirits go and can do what they like to an extent yes it does however i don't believe that that's heaven i believe the higher vibrational dimensions would be considered heaven or if you reach nirvana is what it's called in like hindu culture where it's you raise your consciousness to a certain level you don't have to keep reincarnating into the earth yeah but that's a higher plane of existence and that goes into like exactly which would be spirit heaven. guides, guardian angels, angels, and then God. Which would be heaven. <laughs> heaven is the higher dimensional dimensions, <laughs> the higher vibrational dimensions. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, but I'm not sure that hell is the lower dimensions because I'm not. I don't understand that as well. No, I don't think it is. I still think hell is like a state of mind, like something that humans created. So if you believe you're going to hell. You will create your own hell. You will manifest it. That's what we were talking about when our SIM card ran out of space. And then I forgot what we were talking about. Oh, and you're yeah. like, do you remember what you were talking about? And <laughs> I was like, yeah, I remember what we were talking about. But then my ADHD brain was like, no, no, no. We're going to think about all these, these things. And I couldn't get any bonus content thought. then. <laughs> so I've heard of spirits that oh, when, when we reincarnate or choose to reincarnate in this life as a physical being, we lose our memories from our previous lives but i've heard of spirits being stuck in the physical world because of the beliefs that they were taught during their lifetime so people that have done really heinous horrible things and haven't gotten caught or just have done really horrible and heinous things choose to not cross over because they fear that there actually is a hell or judgment. don't want to be judged. Exactly. So they choose to stay within our plane of existence on the edge because they're scared of being judged or being put into hell. Yeah, I believe that. I also believe that they're, they can manifest a world of hell. They manifest things that they think hell is and it's just around them. But they don't have to be there. They just think that they should go there. So... They do, <laughs> that's but I don't. I don't think that's hell. Crazy. I think they're doing that to themselves. Yeah. Well, would that be like? Um, okay, so I don't. Again, I just got done saying that I don't like to watch scary things, but Em is also my best friend, and she loves to watch horror things mm -hmm. because it's just her thing. So I wanted to try and be relatable to her, and also. A lot of people don't know this, but Emma's is older than me, so I look up to you as Everybody well. Everybody thinks that I'm like so young, like and I'm three years older than Elizabeth. So I look up to Em like a sister. So when I was a freshman in college or sophomore in college, and like American Horror Story first came out or was like a really big thing, I tried to watch it so that it was something that we could talk about. Oh my god! And it literally tortured me. But I really wanted to watch it so that well, I, I could think the first one too is Ghost, isn't it? It's in a haunted yes. house. Mm -hmm. Well, we're talking about how you manifest your own, like, hell. Well, that show messed me up because at the end you realize that that girl, spoiler alert, had been dead the whole time but she thought that it. she was al alive because she didn't a lot know it. Well, one, she didn't know it, but the weird thing is is that it's almost as if he was manifesting his own hell and keeping her in it. <laughs> That's cool. Right? Yeah, that makes that even more rewarding to watch. <laughs> uh, so anyways, uh, that is interesting that it's a frame of mind that once you die, you can even be influenced by it so much. And yeah. that's just crazy because that's like a weird, weird, weird twist of the parallel between the physical and the non-physical. Yeah, because literally in the fourth dimension, that's where you can manifest things into existence. And it literally just happens like quicker because you can do that here, but it takes a while because things are physical and there's time involved in all that crap yeah which did i explain the time stream in this i don't think i did no you we went off on a tangent talk about the time the stream because we can set it so, was related to dreams say recap what dreams were like how in your dreams you i'll just say it <laughs> emma said that in your dreams it seems like even if you have multiple dreams that your dreams took a really long length of time like it could have been a day a week or a month yeah your dreams feel like a long time yes but in the 
physical world. Like they're scientifically proven to be five minutes or less because you're in REM sleep for that amount of time. Exactly. So knowing that, say what time is in the fourth dimension. It's because time exists in the fourth dimension. And because we're in the third dimension, we are affected by time. So imagine time as like a stream like of water. So like a creek or river, whatever. If you're in the stream of time, you can't get off. You're stuck in the current. So you have to go and experience time in a linear way. But if you're in the fourth dimension, then you're like on the sidelines looking into the stream and you can enter the stream at any point in time. So time does not exist in the same way that it does here that it does in the fourth dimension. Which is why when you're in your dreams, it feels like weeks, times, or month, because technically you're in the fourth dimension. And time doesn't work the same way there. Boom. That's yeah. so crazy to me. Yes, they were feeding me all this information. I was like, oh my God, everything makes sense. And then the <laughs> other thing that kind of ties into it was uh, episode five, we talk about spirit guides and how you can have more than one spirit guide and your spirit guides are always there for you, but whether or not they make themselves present to you at once or in intervals like mine, depends on you it's different for everybody so i think it's interesting that if what m says is true and time doesn't exist in the fourth dimension as the same as it does here where she said like we're stuck in the stream of time where it's linear and measured but they're on the outskirts or the banks of that stream that depending on where you are in that stream of time is when spirit guides can look since they're spirit guides and they see us from a fourth dimensional plane to a third dimensional plane that they insert themselves into our lives at certain points. But for them, they're technically always there because time isn't the same. Yeah. Another thing I was thinking about with that is since we're a fourth dimensional or we have a fourth dimensional consciousness, we can essentially be existing in different bodies at one time as well. Oh, yeah. So my thought is, hold on, I'm trying to make words you were talking about twin flames in the video well that's when i was making fun of it what i'm thinking (laughs) of is like okay so i don't think there's an end to time i think it's like i don't know i can't like comprehend it because i'm a physical being but there's not an end and there's not a beginning it's kind of like an ouroboros type deal but what i'm thinking is do you choose a body in the sense of like are there multiple things that could live in my body? Like, if I'm done with my body, can another spirit use my body and well, have the same experiences? No. But that also goes into, like, separation, and that's not a thing. Well, if you're talking about not... Would that be, like, transmediumship? No. I'm not saying... You're saying that your body's just done. I Like, I have gone through my life, but my body still exists in time. So maybe another spirit wants to go in and use my body and have the same experience. I think that bodies and spirits are completely separate in the sense that science governs everything, but so does the metaphysical. So you reincarnate into a certain scenario, but I don't think you necessarily choose your body to an extent because I think that there are scientific biological factors that make your body what it is. I'm starting to think now of alternate dimensions of my body being in different dimensions. We're not talking about parallel universes right now. I can't <laughs> grasp that today. I Let's know. just keep the second, third, and fourth dimensions for today, and we'll do parallel dimensions at a different time. Because, like, technically oh it would be like that. What if? Because there's more than one. Like, it's like the stream has a fork in it. So, like, when you make a decision, you're affecting your dimension But there's also a dimension where you made the opposite decision. Okay, but what if in those different dimensions, Rick and Morty style, (laughs) you that would make your life contract so much more complex? Because what if you do something in this life and then technically you did it in a different life in a different dimension, but do they all meet at the same point at the end? No, time doesn't have an end. But But dimensions have to meet somewhere, right? Yeah, but they're not separate either. But you're separating them by... We're not talking about this today. I literally cannot. We have to condense our thoughts if we're going to talk about that. Okay, go on. Okay, so we're talking about heaven and hell, and heaven does exist, but let's also talk about my perception of hell. I do not think hell is real, and as Emily loves to say, separation is an illusion. 
So what I say for the idea of hell is my best understanding of it is that there, it does not exist. There is no separation between good and bad. It just is what it is. So when you die, you go to spirit or Emily says purgatory. I used to think that purgatory was synonymous with hell. So I was like, I don't want to use that word. But it's the classroom that you go to once you die to look over your life and understand it from a different view. As a medium, my mother has talked to a spirit that committed suicide. And in a lot of religions, suicide is frowned upon. And they think that when you commit suicide, you go to hell. So the person that we were talking to wanted to know if their family member in spirit was okay or had gone to hell. And my mom's like, let me stop you right there. Hell does not exist. Your family member is okay. But in spirit, what happens is they don't judge you because when you die, they're not, people aren't there to judge you per se. It, you judge yourself almost. Yeah. So what happens, as we said, when you die, you lose your physical senses, but you gain the ability to know, hear, see, and feel everything from the fourth dimensional plane of existence. So you are able to look at that piece of paper of life that you used to be in, basically. So by this person taking their own life, they are allowed to do that. That is their free will and it is their choice. But when you do that, there are repercussions in the physical world that is not just synonymous to you taking your life. It's not about you. It's going to affect the people and your surroundings around you. Correct. Karma. Yes. So this person took their life and that affected the people around them. Those people are sad and just distraught, obviously, because they lost someone that was close to them for reasons that are hard for them to understand because they're not that person. So Now that that person has moved on and is in the spirit world and is learning from the things that happened in their life, one of the things that they now have to deal with is feeling, seeing, and knowing all of the hurt and despair and emotions that they caused the people to feel because they committed suicide. So is that hell? No, but that person has to deal with feeling the feelings of the people in the physical world that they caused by taking their life. So that is something that that spirit is going to have to deal with until the people in the physical world heal from that in whatever form or way that they can. And because time doesn't exist outside of the third dimension, they can experience that for an eternity because it's always there. So they always know it's there. Well, they'll all they'll always know it's there, but until the people that they affected pass well, on. When you say that to me and then those people die, how do they do that then? How do they get forgiven? They don't, right? Well, no, they do because wow. in the spirit world, you can talk to other people. Once the people that person hurt die, they can meet up in heaven then and talk about they? it. They can though. They just There's have things to, I want to talk about, but I'm not allowed to talk about them. They have to wait until the person that they hurt dies for them to be able to communicate with them or like my mom was doing as a medium was communicating to the person that was influenced by this person's decisions in the physical world saying they did this not because of you but for their own reasons and it is up to you whether you decide to forgive them but they do hear see feel and know and understand the hurt that they caused you and that is nothing that they can do until you move on from it. Makes sense. So is that hell? It's karma. It's a perception. Yes. It's literally, he put out negative energy into the universe and the universe says, I need to be balanced. So I'm going to give you this energy back so that you can become more balanced. That's what karma is. It's like a cause and effect. So he's living karma. In the spirit world. Well, yeah, it doesn't go away. There's a lot of karma in the spirit world. It's just, it's easier to get rid of karma in the three-dimensional world because like I said earlier you lose your memories so you're not doing it for a specific reason you're just experiencing it but take that take (laughs) from that what you will that is my impression of heaven and hell and basically what I call spirit yeah Ah! so tomorrow we're filming another podcast for our next podcast and it's Liv's mom 
And Liv's mom has embraced her mediumship and was a professional medium for a few years. So she has a lot of experiences because she's talked to so many people. So she is going to be giving us her paranormal stories of a medium. And that's going to be our next podcast. So make sure you subscribe to this podcast. Check out all of our other social medias. And we will talk to you guys next week. Yes. We are your... I don't know which button it is. Better sidekicks. <laughs> is it this one? No. <laughs> it's this one. It's the pink one because pinks are well, the Well, no, you, want, you wanted me to do the punch one. Oh, no. I wanted you to do the outro. <laughs> <laughs>